Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, and how to donate or find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 3, 10 through 14, called The Curse and the Blessing. So let's focus our attention on the text, Galatians 3, verse 10. If you're physically able to stand, would you stand for the reading of God's Word? Galatians 3, 10. For as many are the, of the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Galatians 3.10, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident. For the righteous man shall live by faith. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You may be seated. Father, we are grateful for your living word and grateful for Paul's treatment of the gospel here. It seems like so many times in life, the reason that we have to give the clarity we need is because there's confusion. And this particular topic we cannot be confused on. There's been many gospel distortions as we open the book looking at that subject. Many uh, ways in which we can become confused and even disheartened, thinking that our performance is what is needed. But what we find in these verses, Lord, is the great idea of substitutionary atonement, the exchange of Christ's perfect righteousness for my sinful shortcomings. And the love of God put on display at a cross. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to see the majesty of your love for us, the fact that you are holy, but you've made a way for your people. And I pray that you would just drive this point home so we can be truly free, serving you and sharing the good news with others, the blessing with others. We ask that you'll guide us that you'll be glorified in what we do and say in Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. amen. Many of you have uh, read or seen the C.S. Lewis movies or novels, one of which is The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And that movie came out uh, a couple years back, maybe more than a couple years now. And uh, it was great to see that story captured in film. And the one thing that we learn about the land of Narnia, this uh, land that C.S. Lewis came up with, is that it's always winter and never Christmas. And the reason that it's always winter and never Christmas is because Narnia is under a curse. And it, the land has been cursed by the White Witch, this evil character who freezes people in her courtyard. You might remember that, uh, you know, in, when we get introduced into the courtyard scene, there's all these frozen creatures there stopped in mid-action as they've been cursed by the White Witch. 
But there's a hope that brews in Narnia, and there's a prophecy that's been written that when some humans show up, sons of Adam, uh, uh, into this land, both male and female, then Aslan, the savior figure in the movie, will come to undo the curse, to, to deal with the white witch once and for all. And that's the setting of the wardrobe, as little Lucy, you know, investigating in a game of hide-and-seek, finds her way into this, you know, magical land of Narnia. This may be uh, probably how a lot of us understand the idea of a curse. We probably can't remove ourselves from Disney movies and <laughs> stories about witches, and, and maybe even some of you have dabbled, uh, maybe in your previous life, into the New Age or uh, witchcraft or even Wicca, where there's these ideas of curses. And what, what is a curse from the biblical perspective? Well, a curse is introduced to us way back in Genesis chapter 3. In fact, scholars call Genesis 3 the curse or the fall chapter. And there, Adam and Eve were given one tree, just one, <laughs> that they were told, don't eat of it, lest you die. And they had access to all the other trees, fruit to their heart's content. But you know how we are. It says wet paint on the bench, but we're not sure we believe it. <laughs> and so there's Adam and Eve right next to the forbidden tree, and she takes of the forbidden fruit, of course, deceived by the deceiver. Adam takes a bite and plunges the human race into sin and separation and ultimately death. You know, the rest of the Bible is really about the hope of a coming Redeemer through a nation, Israel, where He will be born from the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the Redeemer will come to reverse the curse. But in the meantime, we watch a nation try to live by God's law. Amen? They come up out of Egypt. God gives them uh, the commandments. And by the time Moses is getting the law up on the mountaintop, the people are dancing. They've made a golden calf. They say, we don't know where Moses is. This is the God who led us out of the land of Egypt. And you're like, no, don't do it. <laughs> but they did it. And God in a famous line of Moses says, your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Don't you love that? So there they are. They've broken all of the commandments and they continue to show this idea of the curse. We just can't seem to live up to the law. When we hear the word curse, it's important that you and I, to understand it, contrast it with the word blessing. If you want to understand what a curse is, you have to understand what the blessing is. And we looked at the blessing in verses 6-9 through nine of this same chapter. A definition to be blessed means to be the recipient of all the divine love, grace, and mercy bestowed on us who are in Christ Jesus. Paul identifies this blessing with justification by faith or being saved by God's grace through faith. And all the blessings that go, on, go with that. So you could say fruitfulness in your life. You could say freedom, salvation, the burdens lifted off your shoulders. All that it means to be blessed. Amen? And we talked about one of the best ways that we can share the blessing with others is to give them the gospel. A lot of you guys are uh, familiar with computer games or maybe you play uh, games on your computer. Imagine that you played a game 
where you were able to identify people who were saved and who were not. The saved had a B over their head for blessed, and the C had a the the cursed had a C over their head. Wouldn't it make uh, witnessing a little bit easier? Let's see. That person needs to hear the gospel. That person's okay. But you know what? That is actually the categories, biblically speaking, even though it might be hard for us to fully understand, you're either blessed or cursed. To be cursed means to not be the recipient of divine grace. It means it has these ideas, back to Genesis 3, of barrenness, of unfruitfulness. And ultimately, it speaks of being under the condemnation of God. See, cursedness ultimately speaks of condemnation. And when we witness to people, even though this is hard for some of us to go there, people are condemned already. If you're taking notes, write down John 3.36, where it says that people are condemned already because they have not believed in the only means of salvation, Jesus Christ. Now you might be asking, well, how is it that we... Uh, have to have these categories so tightly put this way. Isn't there a third option? Can't God grade on a curve? <laughs> That's what we'd all like. And, and, you know, perhaps we'd like that. At least the world says that. It can't possibly be that these are the only two categories. You're either, you either know Christ and you're on your way to heaven or you're not. Isn't there a third or a fourth option? But one of the reasons we struggle with this is because we don't realize how holy God is. It was for one sin that Adam and Eve were banished from the garden. One sin. And what that uh, banishment ultimately brought in these words in Genesis, and we can see them in Ezekiel and other places, in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. God said, don't touch that tree because in the day you eat of it, you will die. And Adam and Eve are banished from the garden and separation, sin and separation come into the world. It is sin that separates us from God. And if we're separated from God, we cannot be blessed. Amen? Because He is the source of blessing. Now the Judaizers came into Galatia into the Galatian churches and said, no, no, if you're a Gentile, a non-Jew, and you hear the gospel, okay, fine, but you, you've got to be circumcised now. You've got to keep the food laws. You, you've got to come under the Torah to be saved. And Paul says, no, you don't. In fact, if you peeked back to chapter 1, remember these strong words from Paul, verse 6, Galatians 1, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting Him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another, Galatians 1.7, only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we have preached to you, He is to be, what's your Bible say? Accursed. That's the Greek word anathema. And if you were with us in the opening chapter, we explained to be anathematized or to be anathema is to be under the divine curse. Under the curse of God. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Accursed. That's the Greek word anathema. And if you were with us in the opening chapter, we explained to be anathematized or to be anathema is to be under the divine curse. Under the curse of God. So why would anybody share with a group of people, oh, you just need to keep the law to be saved. But do you know that most of the world's religions today preach that very message If you just do enough good things, if your good works outweigh your bad works, if your karma is positive and you send it up into the universe. And some of you know that books were flying off the shelves in the last 10 or 20 years and all of them had to do with the universe and what you throw up into the universe, you'll surely get back. And people were selling books like The Secret and other books like that. And all you got to do is speak your own reality. So if you're broke, you just start talking to your wallet. And you say, wallet, even though I don't see any money in there. There was a golden spoon gift card that just fell out of there. Did anybody see that? Anyway, (laughs) that's for later. Uh, uh, Even though there there isn't, I'm going to speak to my wallet. You're just a big fat wallet filled with 20s and 100s and 50s. (laughs) It hasn't worked yet for me. This idea of, you know, just doing enough good or sending up good vibes into the universe. Have you ever thought that one through? Who is the universe? Where did it get personality? But intellectual and maybe even well-meaning people buy this stuff. These books fly off the shelf. And what they appeal to is human performance as a means to an end, usually prosperity, right? And there's forms of this that are flying off the shelves in so-called Christian circles. But what is the Gospel? What does the Bible say about how to be truly blessed? How to be right with God? Well, verse 10 says, as many as are of the works of the law are what? Are under a curse. Paul's going to give us four Old Testament Scriptures. For it is written... If you're interested, this is the single Greek word, gegraptai. It is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. If you have an ESV, it says, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. Now let me pause for a second. Paul is not saying that he's against the law. In fact, later in Galatians 5, and we can see this in Romans 8 and Romans 13, we are expected to keep the law. But the expectation of keeping the law is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? 
You can't love the way you're supposed to love unless you have God's power. You see, we can keep the law, or at least the essence of the law, by the power of God. But we can't do it without God's power, and we certainly can't do it to be saved. Because if you fall in one point of the law, James 2.10, you are guilty of what? All of it. Now you say, but that doesn't make sense. How could that be? The reason is, scholars say, because the law is a unified whole. It is not simply uh, something that you can just chop up. The essence of the law, if you, if you go from the 613 commandments and subcommandments given to Israel, you take them down to the 10 commandments, which summarizes the law, then you take them down to two. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So when you break the law, you break the essence of the law. That's why to break one commandment is essentially to break the whole. Everybody with me? Because there are a unified, uh, there's a unified message in the commandments is what you could say. It's really all about just a couple of things. And let me ask you, I'll ask myself, have you loved God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength all the time? <laughs> have you loved your neighbor? as yourself. I just dropped this golden spoon gift card. I wasn't thinking about any of you. <laughs> Guilty as charged. I was just thinking about what I was going to get from the machine and my little sprinkles. Now, if I was truly spiritual, I'd be thinking about you. <laughs> This is the problem, right? As much as we want to, as much as often we do hit the mark, we miss the mark. Now, everybody stay with me. This idea of the law in Jewish circles is captured in one word called Torah. T-O-R-A-H. Torah. That's the word for law in Hebrew. Torah means the teaching, the instruction. But ultimately, Torah... In the Hebrew picture language means to hit the mark. To hit the mark. So imagine, let's say that you went to a basketball game. Let's say you went to the Lakers game and they picked you out of the crowd for that half-court shot. Seen that before? You, take, you get one shot from half-court and you can heave it up there. And if you make it, you win a million dollars. That'd be cool, huh? But one shot at it, <laughs> half-court, that, that's hard for a pro to make a half-court chart, let alone you, right? But let's say that you, you get the magic ticket and you're brought to half-court to take the one shot for a million dollars. Now, there's people that make it. But imagine that you had to make that shot ten times in a row. Imagine that you had to make that shot every day, ten times a day, for the rest of your life. Imagine if you miss the shot, they kill you. Imagine if a guy with a revolver says, you make the shot, you live. You miss the shot, you die. <laughs> I mean, the illustration might break down somewhere along the line, but that's kind of what's happening here with the law. You could talk about you're a baseball player and every time you get up, you have to hit a home run. We know the best players are batting 340, 350, 300 is considered, and that's failing seven out of ten times. Walk that out to a dart game. How many times can you hit the bullseye? See, Torah means to hit the mark, to hit the mark, to hit the mark. And a lot of us hit the mark 
a good amount of the time. The problem is we miss the mark. And the, to miss the mark is the essence of the word sin. See, that's the problem is that I don't always hit the mark. I don't always make the shot. I don't always hit a home run. I wish I could, but I can't. I fall short of God's standard of perfection. And Jesus comes on the scene and preaches one of the most famous sermons called the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. People think that the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus telling us how we should live. Oh, that's part of it. But part of His purpose in the Sermon on the Mount is to show you that you don't really understand the depth of the law. You've heard it said you should not commit adultery, but I say to you, if you look with lust, You've heard it said you shall not commit murder, but I say to you, if you hate your brother in your heart, you're a murderer. And one after the other, Jesus begins to reveal the depth of the law. See, the law is not simply just about how I look at other people's eyes. The law is truly a searchlight into my heart. And the closer I get to God's holiness, the more I realize how many times I've missed the shot. How many times I have fallen short of God's standards. You've been listening to The Curse and the Blessing, Part 1 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 3, 10 through 14. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen on walkintruth.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And an FYI, Pastor Michael is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. And as things have slowly reopened, you are invited to attend one of our Sunday morning services this weekend. Or if you don't live in Southern California, or you'd rather watch online, we do live stream the 9 a.m. service as well. You can find Living Truth Christian Fellowship on YouTube and by going to the walkintruth.com website. Either online or in person, Pastor Michael would love to meet you. Now, here's Pastor Michael. All right, so what if you're one of those people who says, man, I keep trying to do the right thing, but I stumble, and then I make a declaration. You ever do this? Okay, I'm not going to do that again, and then an hour later, I did it again. What do I do? Well, this is why grace is such good news, because God's already accepted you in the Beloved. He knows when you mess up, He loves you anyway. Now, that's not an excuse to keep messing up, right? Because whenever we mess up, we get a mess that we got to clean up. You know what I'm saying. When you mess up, there's a mess. Now, God's grace is sufficient. If you're a believer, uh, you're saved by grace. But how about you start making less messes so you have to stop cleaning up so many messes? Are you with me? See, when you make a mess of things, it keeps you from moving as forward as you could in your Christian life. And this is what I discovered early on, especially the first four or five years as a believer. I made a lot of messes of a lot of things. And God was so gracious. And he'll be gracious with you. God loves you. But he wants you to grow. You know, little kids are sitting in the high chair or sitting at dinner. Inevitably, if you have little kids, what do they do? They knock over glasses of milk and water and fruit punch on your brand new carpet and we're not supposed to cry over spilled milk, but punch on white carpet. You can cry about that. But anyway, but here's the good news. The more you grow in maturity, 
you become an adolescent and a teenager, you don't spill as much stuff. You're, you've learned how to navigate things. That's what you want in your Christian life. You're not going to be perfect. There's going to be an occasional spill. But you can grow and mature in your faith. And, that, and the key to that is to walk with the Lord. Stay in your Bible. Stay in prayer. Stay in worship. Stay in Bible study. Stay in fellowship with other believers. Oh, all the things that we know we need to do. Hey, speaking of fellowship, I'd like to invite you to our Sunday morning service here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor. The church is located in the city of Corona, right off the 91 freeway and Lincoln Avenue. So if you've been listening and you've been blessed and you're somewhere in the area and you'd like to come and worship with us, we'd love to have you. Service times are 9 and 11, 15 a.m. Space is somewhat limited, so come early. We'll practice social distancing guidelines. And you can find out more when you go to walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Hey, if nothing else, you can join us for our live stream service. If you can't make the service physically, maybe you have some concerns over your health, that's okay. We stream the 9 a.m. service on our YouTube channel live. Just search for Living Truth Christian Fellowship on YouTube and you'll get there. All right. We'd love to see you. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for partnering with us at Walk in Truth. And we'll catch you next time. And join us Monday for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 3, 10 through 14, called The Curse and the Blessing. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, have a great weekend. And thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people. 